'twas beauty that killed the beast. This is spoilers. This is spoiler. Did we watch the same movie? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the Emily kills the bad guy. It's like King Kong, right? Yeah. Let's let's kick up the. <laughs> the 12 inches of snow playing in the background because this is a Canadian movie and this is spoilers like I mentioned at the top of the show uh, we had someone DM us this led into our DMs and sent us a screener so we're talking about the dark or just dark forest today um, let's see so who we got on this podcast I'm pretty excited to talk about this this is going to be a great show because I know if you're listening to this podcast you actually like us. There's no way you just stumbled across the Dark Forest episode. So I feel good about it. Josh, are you excited to talk about Dark Forest? Yeah, it's like we're playing in our home court here. I love it. Um, crowd's going to be cheering no matter what we say. Uh, where's your Where's your home court tonight, Josh? Where are you recording from? I'm in Goshen, Indiana, and I am a video editor, as I sometimes mention on the pod. And unfortunately for this movie, I had to spend three days this week going over color correction. So I don't want to turn this into a color correction podcast, but uh, yeah. Toss it on over to Brett. (laughs) Brett in Fort Wayne. (laughs) Hey, what's up? Brett, do you normally watch um, movies that were made on such a limited budget? Is this a normal thing for you? No. No. You weren't you weren't around in the time of Parallel and Alex Cooper. So this is uh this is a first screener spoilers for you. Definitely. I was just a big fan back then. <laughs> a big fan of Alex oh, Cooper. Thanks, Brett. Weren't we all? <laughs> Every everybody and spoilers, of course. I was a fan of Alex Cooper, I still am too. Um and no release date yet for Sandow, but Sandow. we'll be keeping an eye on that. Yeah. 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 Uh and last but not least, Money Mike. Money, you didn't go to Ready Player One tonight because that's what I was going to ask you about. <laughs> how's, how's life? Otherwise, uh, good. Uh, I I have my notes open here, and uh, it it talks about the production, the writing, and then a large portion of my notes is just weird stuff. So I'm ready to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> Subsections in the notes going all out for Dark Forest. Um, yeah. So okay. I actually didn't write his name down. Who who is the auteur behind this? Roger Who's Boyer. The, Roger Boyer. Um, so we know he's Canadian. Um, we think he slid into our DMs on Twitter, and we're here to talk about his movie. Um, so it's kind of a slasher, horror, thriller type, mixed in with a little bit of like. Nashville because you have 20,000 characters who are introduced within the first two minutes. Um, I think there's actually nine different character introductions by the three minute mark in four different scenes. So let's, let's just try to establish a base of who, who the players are in this movie. Um, who do you guys remember? Brett, did any of the characters stick out to you? I know you, are a big fan of a lot of these actresses. Yeah, you know, Francie and Sally were both fun. Uh Okay, wait, 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 wait. Slow down. Let, let's <laughs> let's establish who they are. So, Francine is one of the sisters. I think right? so. I wrote down blonde nose ring. 
Okay. And then for Sally, I put dark hair, hot. <laughs> All right. I think well, that we should we should call them uh, Team A, and it consists of four females. Yeah. And I would say they're yeah Team A. They're the main group. The main camping trip. You got Emily, who's like she opens the movie, right? There's some kind of ghost Emily. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah. Let's not uh, dissect that quite yet, Pappy. Yeah, she... Let's build to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll build say. to that. So we have so we have, we have we have Emily who uh, has some sort of multiple personality uh subconscious. We have Michelle who stands out because she's a brunette. Um I have in my notes the goth sister for her. She's kind of the one that stands up to the guy a couple times throughout the movie. She's like yeah. the the thug. And she has like the cool muscle car too. They make fun of her at one point for like not having sex for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, we can talk weird. about that scene at the campfire. That's a little <laughs> weird. But yeah, then okay. we have uh, Jolene, Jolene, uh, who, Mikey, do you remember what her little affectation was at the beginning of the movie? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I was. Having... She's the one with the camcorder. Oh. You... Well, okay. I was confused because there's like six main characters right off the bat of this movie, and none of them are ever established as like the protagonists of the movie. They kind of all just kind of interchange being the main character. Did you guys feel that? But yeah, and like Joe. Jolene, like I said, it's kind of like Nashville because it's like a slice of life of these eight different people. <laughs> Excuse me. Eight different people. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> nine, by the way. Oh, no, nine? you're right. It is eight. It's eight. Well, it's, it's eight, but I count Evil Emily as kind of like a half person. So it rounds up to nine. Um, but yeah, it's well, like a well, slice of life of the those bad eight guy people. Has, the bad guy has two thugs with him. So that would be that would be 11. 11 actually. different characters. Yeah. Uh, a sprawling epic in Ma- set in Manitoba of these nine different <laughs> lives that are all affected by the psycho killer on one night. Um, but yeah, so we start talking about the other camping trip. So um, we get a shot of them really early on, like I said, too. And they, they are Henry, who he, dude, this guy is like playing TJ Miller, right? Like he's trying to be TJ Miller in this whole movie. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. He's yeah. making some bold uh, character choices, being a uh, a real sexist asshole. It's not paying <laughs> off. He got the hottest. Well, I mean, he like, got the hottest girl, though. I don't know, man. Frankie, who's driving the car. I don't know, like. I don't know, what, like Frankie's like main characteristic is other than he's like kind of pervy. <laughs> like he likes to stare yeah. at women's legs. He likes to yeah. snap secret pictures of women in the woods. But other than that, he's just kind of there. Am I missing anything? <laughs> Who are the guys that always die on Star Trek? What color shirt? Red shirt? The red shirts? Yeah. <laughs> Frankie's a red, red shirt. shirt. <laughs> but it doesn't exactly play out like that. Because for a while, you think he's going to get the girl. But then she turns him away because she probably had the same feeling Pappy did. That he's kind of sleazy. They're like but, making out, and then she's like, "No," and he's like, "I really choked on that one, huh?" I'm oh, like, huh? I wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened, Pap? I then they get uh, they choke on their ambitions, like Darth Vader <laughs> and aspirations. Rogue one. Yeah, aspirations. Yeah, but then yeah, we're jumping out a little bit. Brett, you mentioned Sally, who's T.J. Miller, Henry's girlfriend, and then Kim, 
who is Frankie's love interest, who just broke up with her boyfriend. Um, Billy. And then, yeah, we talked about the boys, too, uh, because early on, um, we established that Emily's got this boyfriend named Peter, who's got to go get a drink with the boys. Um, Peter is the most Canadian-sounding of them, and because of this, or maybe despite this, he's also the most creepy of anyone (laughs) in this movie. Um, Then you get Roy, uh, who's just kind of a bitch, I guess. Roy doesn't really do much. And Jake, who gets killed. Uh, Guess what do you guys think about the boys? First death. Yeah. Yeah, first death. Uh, Peter just wants to crack one open with a crack, open a cold one with the boys. It's, it's <laughs> the Saturday. Boys, yeah. He's trying to get lit. I don't see any problems here so far. He's just a regular dude. There's just like, there's like 40 beers on their coffee table <laughs> between the three of them. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Peter they're, is trying, fucking lit. they're trying to get drunk enough to make some really weird decisions tonight. <laughs> and then Peter's like drunken rage lasts for two days in a murder spree. <laughs> he just like rides that shit forever. But yeah, so I guess that's the the cast of characters. We do meet two random campers later on in the woods, but maybe we can talk about them later. Uh, so yeah, the plot of the story, like I said, the the first act is really just a slice of life of these two different groups, either getting ready to go on a camping trip or picking each other up or preventing each other from going on a camping trip. Um, and then in the very opening scene, like I said, we have Emily with that dream sequence. Josh, we put that on hold for a second. Was there something you wanted to say about that opening dream sequence with light and dark M? Uh, I watched the movie in, in full and I'm not completely sure what that's supposed to mean. And it might be the best part of the movie, but I <laughs> Don't I haven't settled on what it actually is yet. Does, does anyone here feel like they had that figured out yet? I thought I was watching Annihilation. I thought the first yes, scene. Yes, thought the same thing. <laughs> I have that written like down. Looks like Annihilation Land. Yeah, but like you, like Josh said, it doesn't connect at all to the uh, rest of the movie. So I don't remember it at all. And I just watched it an hour and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got this like yeah weird trippy color scheme and i think it's trying to show that emily has this dark side to her which doesn't like manifest until the end of the movie and we get another dream sequence with dark emily right before she goes full uh stabber (laughs) on the peter but yeah there's like a there's kind of like a good lighting emily bad lighting emily (laughs) yeah yeah And one thing that's really funny is my favorite podcast in the whole world is Mysterious Universe, and they just do, like, supernatural stories, and they have this big running joke that, like, anytime they're looking into something supernatural, there's always a way that Bigfoot is involved, Hmm. and that's, like, what happened in this movie. Like, Bigfoot (laughs) is involved with her supernatural power somehow, because when she was sick, she got lost in the woods. Do you think the berries that the Sasquatch gave her gave her the powers? Ooh. I mentioned it to Brittany. She laughed at me. So, is there any is there any way we could get Roger Boyer on the phone? <laughs> I do. Okay. Speaking of that, I tried to get him on the phone, and he uh, slid back in our DM saying he wouldn't be available. But he did give me a message to read. So, if you do want to see this movie, 
if we're if we're enticing you into watching it, I'll have the details on how you can watch it later. So stay tuned for that. But but Josh, you touched on something with the Sasquatch thing because the characters in this movie have two primary means of communication. Uh, the first being storytelling. There's like six stories that are told throughout the course of this movie, and every time the movie kind of like has to pause to tell those stories, there's like the bug story uh, about the entomologist who is mm-hmm. scared of bugs jake who we talked about his i guess his girlfriend fell in the toilet or something like that do you guys remember that one at all yeah yeah he bitches sometimes. yeah his girlfriend fell in the toilet and then he berated her it was classic <laughs> boyfriend behavior real cool jake yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Emily tells the story of Michelle about how uh, Michelle saved her life. So Emily tells Michelle the story of how Michelle <laughs> saved her life <laughs> again uh, over the rapids. Um, Frankie tells a story by the campfire. It's a scary story. And Spooky spoiler story. It's, it's really weird because like they set up the story, set up the story, set up the story. Then they cut away and then they cut yeah. back. And then he tells the story in full when it would have been a good opportunity to like cut off part of the story. We could have jumped in at the halfway point because editing, but we hear, we hear the whole sp- spooky story <laughs> of the person who like gets their kidneys cut out and killed by a drifter. Um, then, and then Josh, what you touched, just touched on Emily tells a Bigfoot story. Do you remember any other details? We talked about the berries a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, anytime I hear Bigfoot, my ears definitely perk up. So she got lost away from her parents, and she sees a mass out of the corner of her eyes when it's getting dark out. And it's a monster, but instead of hurting her, it comes over and brings her some berries so that she can sustain through the night and be reunited. <laughs> so British Columbia, yeah. That's pretty yeah. It was a boot. Uh, a Bigfoot. <laughs> a bit of a mumboot. Is that is that uh, all there is there, Pap, or is there something else? No, that's that's literally. I think that's all there is. He I was hairy. He was any. hairy and yeah. really tall. Your rendition has more detail than her rendition in the actual movie. So <laughs> I disagree because her telling the story is one static shot for ninety five seconds at least. <laughs> that doesn't move. The camera doesn't move. She doesn't move. Michael, Bay, shot Michael Bay does not understand that. <laughs> no, it's very, it's a very still moment. It really draws you in to the Bigfoot story. But then in the last one, maybe we'll talk about that later. The dog uh, knocks over Peter's beer can, Jeez. and that's why he's a murderer. Or Peter's dad's beer can, and that's why he's a murderous <laughs> psychopath or something like that. But like I mentioned, there's two ways of them communicating. You have the stories, and then you have what I would describe as, quote, girl talk unquote that's for a lot of their uh road trip scenes did did that uh what do you guys think about the dialogue between the the main group of girls i wrote down awkward dialogue among female characters and at one point they mentioned that they're sisters are they all sisters together because they talk like there's total strangers to each other but I think they're sisters in the traveling pants sense. <laughs> well, you guys have seen Four Brothers, right? Yeah. Oh, it's one of those situations? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, because they don't look anything alike. And the girl with the camera actually is kind of pervy towards the other blonde. Uh, she's 
actually kind of creepy when she's at home. She's trying to get uh, shots of her in the bathroom and stuff. So yeah. I don't I don't really understand these girls' relationships towards each other. If they're sisters, it seems like a bit of a stretch to me. They're trying uh, to be like pl- playful but open, kind of dirty and real, I think is how they're trying to portray the characters. But it, two of them are like best friends. I, I think the the crux of the girls is the the tall brunette who is Michelle. Michelle. Yeah, her and then the girl who's like got the split personality. But I wanted I wanted to get to this later. Um yeah, Emily. I I have a theory. I think David Boyer in getting actors on this film may have just told everyone they were the main character. So on set could never go against that and <laughs> that had to give to like equal it. time to everyone. That's like that, a that's like a Blair Witch thing, right? I well I noticed this too that I think the cast is in the credits in order of appearance and on IMDB it's in order of alphabetical order. So there's no like top build person who's very careful to keep that straight. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I mean the dialogue between the female characters it's like he was trying to write like a woman talks, but in doing that, he forgot how humans communicate. <laughs> and it just it just ends up being kind of clunky and weird. Like at one point they get into Michelle's like Mustang or whatever, and they say something like, I'm I'm having a food craving. Another one of the girls goes, somebody's pregnant, biatch. <laughs> and uh, I paused the movie at that point and said, if – a woman wrote this. I will give you ten thousand dollars right now. <laughs> then we looked it up, and it was a male screenwriter. So, so that was confirmed. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a lady say "biatch." Biatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say if. Sorry, what's the uh, creator's name again? Boyer. Roger Boyer. Yeah, Boyer. Yeah, I would say. Either have the actresses improvise next time, just maybe do a couple shots of those, or you know, bring in a woman, like do a couple drafts, and then bring in a woman. It's like, hey, can you <laughs> tighten up well, this dialogue? The thing is, the dialogue is like uh, it's bad. But wouldn't you think that these women, these female actors, wouldn't they say something like, well, "No woman is ever going to say this kind of stuff"? Can I just like goof around here for a couple scenes? Hey. Mikey, it was made in 2015. Time wasn't up at that point. <laughs> Jeez, Brad. <laughs> well, I got to so say, go. though, I think well, on a positive note, we're getting a little negative. Like, I think that is a little bit of charm shining through there. Like, the actresses do seem like they're giving it a shot and they're not like eye rolling through this or the dialogue. Like, they seem like they're having fun, like genuinely, I would say. There was a little piece of dialogue that I actually liked and wrote down and made me chuckle. It was uh, like, that? animals don't speak human. Well, I don't speak animal. <laughs> I mean, there there are some quips. A lot of them are, uh, um, who's the blonde sister? Francine. A lot of them are just her being dumb as fuck, and then she just gets goofed on a lot. That's a lot of the crux of the jokes, mm-hmm. but... Let's. Uh, I want to get to the the woods plot. So there's a couple more mm. things that happen before that. Before we get to the the main part of the movie. Um, so they go on this road trip to pick up Emily, and there's I think there's a scene where they're sitting outside, 
and there's a bunch of like red flowers sitting right next to Emily's face. And then Josh, you've talked about the lighting a little bit. The lighting in this scene kind of reminded me of vertigo. Maybe. I don't know. It looked kind of cool. What, what did you think about the shots of Emily and, and the lighting? Does anybody else remember the exact scene he's talking about? I, like, I honestly I think don't. It's, it's like her and Michelle are sitting outside and it's like a shot reverse shot conversation i think and there's this big red bouquet right next to emily's face <laughs> like it's very ominous looking <laughs> to say the least hmm. which i liked i liked that i thought it was a good partial setup but i mean maybe just in general you're talking about the good light emily bad light emily yeah i think the if if uh like i said i don't want to get too technical about like color correction no like that, go but there if well, I would say this: if you watch this movie for the first time, the biggest lighting trick is in the apartment of Emily and Peter. Is it? He's the baddie. Yeah, Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Emily and Peter's apartment, like apparently, there's like a corner of the room that they have like lit in red, and so <laughs> Peter spends a lot amazing. of time in that yeah, corner. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had I had that written down. I was going to ask you what the heck that was. Like it was like all around him, like he was glowing. And it kind of works when they do flashbacks to him, like at the house alone brooding. But at one point, he's having a conversation with his buddies, and they're like goofing in regular, like white light. And then it cuts to him two feet away, just a perfect blood red light. <laughs> yeah. This scene reminded me of like Temple of Doom when it, the Aztec guy is like chanting right before he rips out that other guy's heart <laughs> because there's like <laughs> chanting in the background. And everything is so red around uh, Peter's face. Peter looks fucking crazy. I'll admit that he looks like a pretty scary dude. So and he's on, he's like the worst boyfriend ever because he's abusive to the girls and they come just to pick up their friend. And then he's like, "Why don't you go take a nap or something?" And Emily <laughs> sneaks yeah. out uh, amongst the the cover of a thunderstorm that cracks in the distance, and she leaves uh, <laughs> Peter's house. And then. Uh, she shows up the next morning. The girls are packing their 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 stuff for the trip. Um, they grab their lucky hammer, which I like that setup. It's so cheesy. Don't forget your lucky hammer. I'm like, oh yeah, this hammer's gonna be used later on in the movie. Like, that's I, that okay. Didn't me, yeah. yeah, that's like tongue in cheek. But I gotta say that they have like a 40 second montage of them like loading up the car, like. You got to trim that down and post. Like, that's got to be five seconds, not 40 seconds. But this movie only comes in at like 70 minutes. You got to. You got to make it a short film, man. There's a lot of. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff you can cut from (laughs) the theatrical cut of Dark Forest. Do you think he made it longer to make it a feature instead of like a short film or something? I don't know. Well, I wish we could ask Boyer that, but he does make a a cameo, and I wanna I wanna really talk about this scene, uh, the gas station scene, because Josh, correct me if I'm wrong. What happens is Michelle walks into the gas station, then walks out, but I believe the term is a crossfade that they use, right? Where she kind of like it's just a. Is it a fade? I don't know. This could have been a freaking Star Wars. Every every movie I've ever yeah, every movie I've ever seen Koza, that's what means that means she's a ghost. She like appears into the store and like appears out. Like it's really 
Or she went through it's, time it's, and space. And exactly, yeah. But it didn't mean anything in the film. Mm-hmm. And like the bigger thing was like they needed to get to this gas station to set up the director's cameo as he's sitting outside and like a lazy boy sleeping. Is he like, kind of like the harbinger of the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good call. That's exactly what he is. You girls, be careful. <laughs> what did she say? I'm like, fuck you. I don't remember what you said. And then he gives her like a thumbs up on the way out, but they like yeah. show his face three times. <laughs> so we we think that's Boyer, Boyer, the Pretty sure, director. pretty sure. Yeah. So if that is you <laughs> talking directly to you, let us know. That was we funny. <laughs> we found you. Uh, yeah. So then we finally get into what we've all been waiting for in the slasher, the trip to the woods itself. Um, I guess, what do you guys remember about when we first show up in the woods? Brett, did anything stick out to you? That, I don't, that, part? that they found like the most perfect like film ready camping sites. Um, other than that, uh, I don't, I was still confused. I kept waiting for the two groups to meet up. I don't watch a lot of horror movies. Is that something that's common where there's two completely separate groups or were they just brought in? So there'd be enough death and not kill any of the four main characters. (laughs) I got to agree with Brett. The two groups really confused me for, uh, a large portion of the movie i don't i didn't know if they were like somehow related or friends and they had all all agreed upon this camping trip right. at some point mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. wasn't exactly made clear they tied a few threads that i thought they were gonna end up completing at the end for example the pervy dude who we mentioned earlier is all pervy and getting rejected and then there's a girl that mm-hmm. like hasn't gone on a date for a really long time and get, needs to quote get the cobwebs knocked out so, like, I thought yeah. there was going to be some, like, meeting between groups and, like, yeah, like a hookup or some sort of cross-reference besides he just, like, takes a... Dude, it's, and that makes no sense. He takes a weird. picture in the dark <laughs> with his cell phone. Yeah, they're not, they're not, like, naked or anything. They're just sitting there. And then when it cuts back to them, they're like, let's start the fire now. And it's, like, already dark. It is already shot. dark, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... You're fucked. You you gotta just wait until morning at this point. <laughs> I rewatched. I had the movie going again this afternoon uh, while I was taking some notes. And when that guy comes over, like from Group B to Group A, it reminded me of that meme that's going around where it's like Disney says Avengers: Affinity War is the most ambitious crossover <laughs> of all time, but not Group B to Group A. <laughs> <laughs> Pappy, that was a good one. (laughs) Pap, is what you were fishing for uh, at the beginning of this woods scene, were you fishing for the Lonely Island song that they used to walk into the woods? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Do you remember that? That's what Brittany said. She goes, that's that's the Lonely Island? Wait, what? I didn't even catch this. It was like the same group or whatever. Oh, my God. It was ridiculous. I think it's Will to Power. You got to go back and listen to the lyrics. It's Oh, it's definitely discount. We're, uh, my we're boy, playing uh, it right now. We're playing it right now. <laughs> Craig it. Craig it. Now get off the island, please. Haven't heard my name yet. Well, your best get ready. Have it burned in your mind. 
Like the Nightmare Freddy, I'm like the ghost in the machine You never even see me coming Take your car, boat, bike, either way you best be running Brute force, intellectual, or pure cunning I'm here to claim my spot, and I ain't stopping for nothing What do you guys think about the soundtrack in general? It was like eclectic I have a couple notes about it uh, yeah. First of all, it was kind of all over the place But I don't know, there's some stuff I actually kind of dug uh, Brittany said it sounded like 80s porn soundtrack or or arcade porn. Her words, not mine. <laughs> like porn, a slasher that's film. Not bad. Porn in an arcade with video games going on in the back. Yeah, that, that's not. That's pretty accurate. I, there's a couple good songs. Like, no, I, I, I agree. When, when they're on the road trip, I like that music. And then during the credits, there's a couple of like Canadian rap that's, songs and. Yeah. That, that's the Lonely Island, isn't it? They play it again, I think. I'm a cool, calm, collected, humble Canuck, but I'm telling you now, your opinion, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that Are is very serious? rude for Canadian. Yeah. That is <laughs> that an is absolute... extremely rude. <laughs> lyric, yeah. Did it, you rude sure you didn't say pal or buddy afterwards? <laughs> pal. Not your buddy, pal. Sorry. Not your buddy, uh, friend. But I think uh, there, there's like totally... Whenever uh, this chick is getting into a classic car it's exactly like drive soundtrack heavily influenced and then there's like lens flare almost coming off of the car it's super like 80s aesthetic it does kind of sound like the drive soundtrack not real human being but that other one yeah i i can hear it yeah the, um the main bad guy had a song credited i don't i don't know which one but peter had a song performed by him i can see that i bet it was the rap one Possibly. <laughs> He's the rude boy. Or could have been the Depeche Mode sounding one, which I actually liked a lot. I did like that too, yeah. I Actually, one of the top IMDb comments for this movie is that the music's really good. Um, but, yeah, well, so Peter... Oh, go ahead, my, or Josh. Well, you just <laughs> mentioned Peter, and we brought him up a couple times as the bad guy. It would be my guess that if anyone in this cast had, like, Hollywood potential or, like, a look... I feel like they. Uh, I feel like he might have some sort of something going on. He definitely Anybody has a else? look. The look, yeah, I'll give you a look. I thought Jolene may have been the best actress, the girl with the camera. Yeah, Frederica or Veda, Weta, something. Veronica. The first girl to die wasn't bad either. No, she she wasn't bad, but but for Jolene's camera, like. The movie spends a shit ton of time in the first act, like setting up the camera, just interviewing the girls with the camera. And yeah, and then we get to this point in the movie, right when they get to the woods and the camera dies. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Henry Henry has a camera too, and he literally chucks it. He's like, oh, I didn't bring the batteries. Well, this is fucking <laughs> useless, and throws it. <laughs> I thought that was a stereo. Oh, was it? Uh, I thought he brought a camera. I don't know. I, yeah. But anyway, it's weird for a Canadian to like pollute like that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see that. Give a who eh? Um, <laughs> yeah. So where are we in this movie? So Peter uh, decides he's gonna gut these bitches, and he Jake taps out, and so then like yeah, he commits the first murder. He kills Jake. I think he just stabs him from behind, right? That's the first kill. Into the I want to get these the kills down. Yeah. Oh, into the camera. Yeah. And then, so pretty much at that point, uh, Roy's going to be along for the ride, the bitch character. And so Peter's <laughs> going to the woods. 
we got the two groups of campers in the woods and then enter third group of campers in the woods. Uh, we haven't talked about them yet. Yeah. Alice and Anthony. Uh, they so have many characters. a tumultuous relationship at best, I'd say. That scene didn't make any sense to me just because like <laughs> if they were going to leave right after, why would he need to go scare off the person making the noise? What they, didn't make sense to me is why are they having sex with their clothes on? I don't know, but he did say your earlobes taste like chamomile. That was a pretty <laughs> good one. Yeah, I wrote that down too. That was an odd choice. <laughs> but if the why aren't they having sex at their house? Why why are they going to the woods to have sex? I don't Especially know. when his house is open, she would just perf- she gets like really annoyed that she agrees and like compromises to go back to his house for quote round two. But, like, oh, man. She hated his guts, it seemed like. Yeah, and her idea of, like, she hears a sound outside the car, and she sicks her dude on it to go chase it away. Like, he's a good boy. He's going to go yeah. chase that away. Like, what's what in her mind is happening out there? I don't understand. I don't know. And he's such, like, a douche about it, too. He's like, hey, buddy, I'm trying to get laid over here. <laughs> don't Don't kill me. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that a New York Canadian accent? Yeah, I don't know what that was. I'm just walking kind of a... here. Hey, I'm walking. I'm trying to play some hockey over here. Come on. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they get killed pretty unceremoniously, I think, if I remember correctly, right? Uh, he gets his gets throat slit. Yeah, look pretty throat good. Slit. Pretty good. And kill. then actually, yeah, pretty good kill. And then I think M Night Shyamalan, Balan, <laughs> actually ripped off. This movie in Split because it's oh, the exact just, same scene. Taking headphones off. Oh. Oh, jeez. Okay, Brett. <laughs> we lost Brett. <laughs> Brett didn't want. Brett didn't want to hear the spoiler for Split. Wait, wait, oh, 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 about oh, him, oh, oh. Uh, Brett getting in the car. But, Thank you, yeah, when he when when he gets in the car, it's the exact same shot type thing where like they, she doesn't realize that the bad guy has replaced the good guy in the car. I kind of like that He's, shot actually. It's the ex- they, he uses the exact same concept in Split. Oh, it even looks really interesting. Similar. Yeah, I um, think there's a couple. That was another strong point of the movie. Is there were maybe three and a half legitimately scary scenes with tension. Even don't you guys think a couple moments that being one, there's a couple jump scares that worked a little bit too. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, these first kills are probably the best, the ones that this couple in the car. Yeah. Uh, let's let's actually take a quick break, and we'll get into the last kills. So I'm going to read off how you can get a hold of the movie, and we'll have spoiler and player plugs, and then we'll get to the final scene of the movie and then uh, give our yes or no's after this. Don't miss the ending. Hey, Josh, your microphone's popping. No, for how long? Just a couple minutes, I think. That's why I took the break. Nice break. So while we're on break, uh, this is what uh, at Dark Forest Film sent to me to read how to get to and hold other movie. Uh, spoiler man couldn't read this unfortunately tonight. He is anti-Canadian, so he wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't read this. Um, but I asked him to come on the podcast. And I gave him our number nine zero three seven seven six four five zero seven. Nine zero three seven seven six. Spoil, but he said that he uh, appreciated the offer, but his voice sounds awful, 
And since they're in Canada, he didn't want to get uh, long distance fees for calling our, our hotline bling. But the movie can be purchased at their website, darkforestfilm.com. And if you buy it through that site, they'll throw in a mini poster and sign it if you want. Uh, or you can get it on Amazon, both in Canada and the U.S. And they say, thanks again, and let them know when the podcast is up. So, Spoiler Man, go ahead and read our plugs, and then we'll be back to the Our show. email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for movie spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> All right, so now we have the final kills. We're going to kill off these last eight people. Let's run through these a little bit quicker than we were before. So um, Frankie and Kim kind of separate off from the group. And like we talked about before, they're making out. And then they get in a punny kind of death. They get choked out. Um, Can I interject real quick on that? Please, please, yeah. Uh, The girl, before she died, when she's talking about her ex-boyfriend, Billy... Was she like reciting the lyrics to uh, It Wasn't Me by Shaggy? Did anybody else notice that? She said like he was like butt naked banging her on the bathroom floor with his pants down (laughs) and he said it wasn't me. Anybody caught that? No, she said the kitchen floor. It was the kitchen floor. Ah, okay. Yeah. Wait, uh, Shaggy debunked. It's pretty Uh, similar. Is Roger Boyer trying to pull a fast one over all, all of us right now? Just yeah, Roger Boyer, stick to s- <laughs> stick to snow. Don't give us don't Shaggy's arse. <laughs> All right, sorry, go um, that. No, so yeah, that's how they they die. So there's two of the characters gone. Uh, actually, a, a night passes. So it's, it's mm. the next day, and T.J. Miller, or yeah, the T.J. Miller character gets up <laughs> to take a shit, and he takes a pee, and then uh, he dies. I think by hammer. Mike, you remember this one? Yeah, yeah he uh, gets a hammer to the face and drops an engagement ring. Uh, yeah, that, that was kind of out of nowhere. It turns out Henry has a heart. It's just <laughs> filled with beer <laughs> and jizz. I don't know what kind of character he is supposed to be. but Again, Henry, you're the main character. See, you were going to marry her all along. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I don't want to skip over this, though, before we get to the other kill. So that's, that's three quarters of Camp B gone. Um, but before we kill off anyone else, we get the beach montage. Brett, this is your <laughs> wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, no, it was, I was, it was disappointing. Uh, I was more mad about something else that was going on, the other thing, but I guess I can get to that later. Well, yeah, well, why why are you disappointed in the beach scene? Well, you know, like a low lower budget movie, it's a horror movie. You know, you kind of expect bags. Bags, Just say it. yeah, yeah, bags. You want yeah. bags? Yeah. And you know, the implication. Yeah, it's because <laughs> of the implication for sure. I mean, they're. Just, I don't know. There was the last, literally the last chance to see one was the beach scene, and when it was over, it's like, well. Well, the fact that they set the whole thing up like it is going to be uh, 
a scene like that. I, there's like dance music, multiple cuts of sexy these girls. Porn yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, sexy porn music. These girls whipping each other's in the asses with towels, <laughs> pillow if fight this, or whatever on the yeah. beach. They're if this was made around. in 1985 instead of 2015, they would have all been topless for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's Brett. We had a good talk about this before the podcast, actually. Like, either go bags or go home. Like, there's no point in having a scene like this if they're not going to be naked, like in an R rated movie. And that's not just guy talk. I mean, that's like, yeah, yeah. or cut the scene. Like, either, either, like, yeah, the scene treat them, good. yeah, treat them like, like actresses and don't, don't have like the sexy scene where, like, a lot of the cuts are just like parts of their body, <laughs> like their right. stomach or their boobs or like their back, like super up close, adding nothing to the narrative other than it's time for the sexy scene. Either cut that scene or indulge us a little bit and let's actually have like a sex scene, like a proper horror movie. I, yeah, Roger, where are the bags, Roger? They tiptoed uh, the line between like <laughs> horror tropes and trying to not do horror. It was weird. Brett, did Brittany watch this with you? Oh yeah, she watched it with me. What's her thought on that? Because I, it's not really fair that just four dudes are talking about the subjugation really, of women. She, like how she was extremely disappointed that there was no nudity on the beach. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> or she uh, said she just said the whole thing. Ah, uh, she's a fellow connoisseur, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, she loves it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I. She said the only reason she watched it. <laughs> well we we had an over under bags over jump scares did uh, we get an official tally on that i think two jump scares maybe and no bags no bags no bags sets of bags uh yeah so uh, then i might be me getting these last couple events confused but sally the last remaining member of group b gets punched out and hit in the face with an axe, I believe. Yeah, I like okay. how Sally made no attempt to contact her friends for like eight hours. And Thank you. Until okay, it was that's dark. What, that's what I was gonna say. That that's like the only thing that really bugged me. Lit no fire. She's there for there for ten hours, just sitting there by herself. Yeah, and they set so, up earlier. She didn't have a cell phone signal either, so she's literally just sitting there doing nothing. Well, even more importantly, there's shots of Sally in the daytime and the nighttime. So there's no practical reason why they couldn't have just killed her off in the yep. daytime Agreed. when she was there that day. <laughs> you had her there. But um, yeah, so Sally gets punched out. And then we talked about the Sasquatch story, Agnosium. But I just want to say again that, yeah, it's 90 seconds of a static shot. And I think, I think the point comes at the end where she says monsters aren't always who you think but i don't know how that ties in thematically because her story is saying that what seemed to be a monster is actually a good guy but i think the movie is saying that what seemed to be an innocent girl like emily is actually a psycho maybe see i didn't pick up on that at all but now that you guys mention it i'm just like oh it makes sense a little bit i mean she's obviously really creepy at the end but but if that's the point of the movie, why not explicitly tell us that Emily is the main protagonist of this movie? This movie centers around so many different people. Emily's whole story or anything doesn't really matter in the end. It's hard to get 11 characters into a 68-minute yeah. movie. Have you guys seen Nashville? Any no. of you? No, but 
not familiar with it. It's actually it's actually a really good movie. I just watched it the other week, but it's it's like the same thing. They got like twelve or fifteen main characters, and this the story just just kind of like bounces between them. It's it's kind of like he was grabbing that a little bit. Um, Plus, Brew Campbell's Evil Dead too, feeling a little bit of that in the beginning. A little seems. bit of that. Yeah. I thought there was gonna be a little bit of Blair Witch with the first person camera, but that. Maybe that was just a misdirection. Um, a red herring, if you will. A, a red heron. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Peter arrives on Camp A, finally knocks out three of the girls. Um, and I One actually, punch. I, All of them. One punch. Yeah. Very my strong. Notes get, my notes get worse as films go on generally. Do you guys remember what happens in this last little tumble? I think it's like Michelle versus Peter. Yeah, that was... But no... Yeah, Roy steps in at some point, the bitch guy. Um, yeah, that was actually probably the most tense moment, I think, when he had them all tied up. Well, they weren't even really tied up, but... And then, I don't know. He was he about to execute story. them all. And then he's uh, kind of yelling at Emily that... What, what did he want Emily to do? Just uh, come back home with him or something? But he, Yeah, but prove it. He so, kept saying, like, prove your love to me or something. And she's like, I don't know what you want me to do. He wasn't even explaining what he wanted her to do and so he goes to kill the first girl and Roy steps in and tackles him and knocks the knife out of his hand and then and he gets stabbed in the head he should have attacked him temple. that's when he delivers that story you were mentioning earlier Pap I feel like you had something else to say the about dog. that yeah. I th- yeah I think it's like the dog spilled the Peter's dad the psycho's dad's beer and then the dad kills the dog and then he says, "I dude, I rewound this so t- like three times." What the dad says in the context of the story is something like, "Now that dog's hunger loyal," which is a, and I don't know what that means. I, I don't understand those words. But. I I saw this a little differently. Maybe I can explain. Please, I think please. Peter Peter spilled the beer. The dad attacked Peter, and the dog attacked the dad when that happened. Yeah. So the dad snapped its neck and said, this dog's lost its loyalty. And when a mutt loses its loyalty. Yeah. So maybe that's what he was tapping into. Like he thought Emily wasn't being loyal to him. Yeah. So he goes and mass murders like eight random people. Because, you know, it's an indirect correlation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's eight. It's Manitoba. What happens in Manitoba stays in Manitoba. <laughs> mm, famous saying. Yeah. Do you, Josh? Do you remember the payoff with the lucky hammer? Uh, well, the payoff is when um, our brunette friend, who had Michelle. packed it in her car, Michelle finds it on the ground right when he finds his knife, and instead of lunging at her and attacking it suddenly he's chavez chavez from young guns and decides to <laughs> decides Whoa. to use, decides to use a knife throw and she actually in a special cool in a video effect post-production thing like knocks the knife away with the hammer <laughs> and then she hits him four times in the face Dude, with the hammer yeah, and that, he go ahead yeah. Brett. that just that that was the part that made me mad i mean he gets hit in the head with a hammer three times i mean it Easily could have been dead after one. Then he gets hit with another club. Then he gets hit with a rock three times. And then they just keep dropping these weapons. It's like, <laughs> and then just I, it. 
I actually screamed at the TV when she started stabbing him. Like, he he just got hit in the head eight times with a rock. You're going to need more than a knife to kill this dude. I don't know. This you bugged know this, me. Yeah. You know what this movie could have used? Like, maybe even a scene early on that, like, shows that maybe Peter's just, like, a Superman. Hmm. I thought that's what they were trying to set up with, like, the red the red scene of Peter is, like, maybe he was, like, sacrificing goods or something, and now he's got, like, some satanic powers or something. Like, why yeah. is he so weird? Yeah. I don't know, but none of that kind of stuff ever paid off, so I don't were, know. Were the knife stabs CGI? The one in the they, temple sure as hell was. But they looked yeah. they looked not real, which I figured I figured knife stabs would probably be one of the easier practical effects, but I have no idea. The knife stab in the temple was the biggest question mark for me because like how does the knife run through a skull like that? Like butter. Perfect placement, yeah. Good placement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's that thing with babies where they're their skulls haven't fully formed. I think he yeah, was the soft suffering spot. from that. He was... <laughs> He's just a, Roy's just such a baby. Huge. This whole goddamn movie, his fucking skull isn't even hard. That's how much of a baby he is. Matthew um, but one thing I did, Yeah, one thing I did want to say about the knife uh, callback too is just trust your audience. Like, because he plays the, it's my lucky knife, like in a dream, or lucky hammer, like in a dream sequence. Hey, it's your lucky hammer. But, like, dude, I remember that. It was 45 minutes ago. Trust me. I remember the setup. Like, it, it would have paid off fine without that little reminder. But, yeah, so Michelle and Emily kind of team up, and Emily just basically stabs the shit out of him. And then the last shot of the movie is Michelle and Emily embracing and we get an over the shoulder shot of Michelle and we see in Emily's eyes have kind of gone, I guess, thousand yard stare and some creepy music starts playing and we're supposed to say that Emily's kind of crazy, I guess. Any Anything else in this last little part of the movie? If you're going to make Emily crazy at the end, say some like some demonic spirit transferred from Peter to Emily after she kills him. Ooh, Do nice, something Mikey. like that like because that. Mm-hmm. well, but that can't work because they, she already had no thread throughout it. She already had the Sasquatch powers though. Yeah, yeah, and that scene at the beginning where she's like But we Whoa. already established that Sasquatch was good. <laughs> <laughs> It goes against he uses his berries, his, his berries yeah. for good, not yeah. evil. <laughs> it goes against his morals. Uh, any other thoughts on the film? Film overall, I th- I was getting excited that there could have been a ending like Death Proof, where all the girls kind of team up to just Ugh. beat the crap out of him. Um, <laughs> it's kind of this weird like one by one take him down, and everyone had their moment to get like one shot in. And then he would just like overcome it and like knock him out. The ending actually kind of reminded me of the Vavavitch, the witch. I don't know if you guys have seen that with Anya Taylor Joy, mm-hmm. uh, but she's she's super innocent kind of throughout that whole movie. And like the very last scene, she goes psycho, crazy, murderer. It's kind of like the same thing. And again, this movie came out before the witch too. Um, but it's like it's like saying that the only way a woman can overcome a man is if she's got multiple personalities plus given Sasquatch powers. <laughs> <laughs> like why? I, 
if I had to guess, I don't think Boye. It, I, I didn't I have any mini problems because also all of all of the men in this movie are assholes. There's not one good man characters. I think it gives it pretty evenly to both men and women. Equal disdain. Um, Brett, Mikey, anything else you wanted to add? Any other notes you had? For for a movie that has 12 main characters, not one of them was lovable or likable in the least. And that's a real big problem for a movie you're trying to make. I thought that Francine was kind of the nice one, but the nose ring. I think they're trying to set up a contrast that Emily is super sweet and everyone else is a douchebag. And like, you're supposed to be surprised that she's the one who is goes stab happy. Um, yeah, I, I did have, I have one last note and it's for the technical people like midway through the movie. There's a shot where like the sun goes through Peter's head. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It kind of like starts in the middle of his head and then like, the camera pans in it. Nobody remembers that. Yeah, yeah I think it. It's not at the very end, is it? No, it's like midway through. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how that was done, but I guess if you don't really remember it, I think it's like a key overlay thing. I don't okay. know. It's hard to explain, but did you did you like it? Yeah, actually, I put cool, right? <laughs> I put sun sun in the forehead. Cool, right? <laughs> cool, right? Yeah, I mean, those scenes with the moody scenes with Peter were okay until they were just like next to his goofy friends in the same room. Then it it didn't make sense at all. I'm done. All right. Yeah, let's let's get into yes. Yes or no's. Um, We've we've been talking about Dark Forest for as long as the movie Dark Forest is. Mm -hmm. Um, Minute by minute. Yeah, I'll... I'll go first. Uh, and one other thing I want to say too is, when you watch the the credits of the movie, there, there's 28 producers, including Sarbit Travel and Insurance Agency, is listed as an executive producer. So we're assuming that anyone who contributed to the Kickstarter got some sort of producer credit, right? That's probably the rationale there. Yeah, I would say so. Yes. All right. Well, yeah. This is a. Uh, let me think for a second. This is I'm going to give this a if this is your first episode of spoilers, let me vamp for a second while I decide. We only give a binary rating system, no or yes, and that's objective on each individual reviewer's criteria for what is a no and what is a yes. Um I'm going to give this a yes. I'm going to give this a yes because I really enjoy seeing movies that were created on a limited budget and and when people have to be creative with access to limited resources i think it's technically competent enough especially compared to other movies like this we've done before um i can hear everything i can see everything i pretty much know what the characters are are saying (laughs) it's Uh, a low bar pap well, well, and well, I that's, think that everyone... Sometimes that's the most important thing is to be able to hear the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's we, that's what sunk time bandits. Right? <laughs> yeah. You don't watch movies with closed <laughs> captions. But, but I think it is important if you love movies to watch 
movies that are made underneath these kind of conditions because it, it gives you a respect for every level of the filmmaking process and maybe it's not the most efficient screenplay like we talked about with lots of stories and a couple montages and maybe a couple shots that go on too long but it doesn't require a big commitment of time to get the story watched from start to finish and there are I laughed a couple times I laughed with the movie I had fun with the movie and I think that's what he's going for uh, a couple things I would change like we talked about but I'm going to give it a, a yes it's worth your time uh, Mikey what do you say uh, I think you bring up a lot of good points uh, technically the way it looks it's fine it sounds fine uh, but when you're working on a budget like this a shoestring budget the writing ends up being the most important part and that has to be really solid for uh, something like this to really come together and be a successful project. Uh, and by successful, I mean like a cohesive story from a beginning, middle and end to it. Um, I didn't hate this movie. I think I'd give it a yes too, uh, just because it is so short. And I know how hard it is to make movies. I did this stuff in college and it is really difficult to get a group of people together to come and make something on film. It's extremely difficult. I don't have any problems with it being a bad movie, but it is not a great movie and it does end up being fun to watch. I don't want to compare it to The Room or anything because I don't think it's that bad, but it's one of those movies where it's fun to kind of goof on it, even if they kind of did try to make a real movie. It's it's not great. It's not terrible. It's an hour-long movie, and it's a pretty decent slasher fic, uh, pick, I guess, for what it is. So I'll give it a yes. Nice. And I would like to say that uh, Roger... Boyer, Roger Boyer, does have another movie in the works called Fracken Zombies. It's been announced oh, on IMDb. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, we, we've got to spoil that. Yeah, Roger, if you're still listening, we would love to do a podcast on that, too. Um, Brett, what about your yes or no? Uh, I may have to echo pretty much everything you said, Pap. We talked about it before the podcast started. I mean, if this was like a $150,000 budget, it'd be a definite no. But with what they did, I thought the music was pretty good. I mean, the acting was, some of it was okay, I guess. I don't know. I thought the with the, the shots that were cool, I, I mean, I'd probably give this a pretty soft yes, but uh, I also agree with Mikey. It's just kind of fun. Um, you know, no bags is kind of a knock or but um, hey now. <laughs> but uh, I, there was enough cool stuff in it, and like uh, Mikey said, it's. I mean, I started this movie at eight thirty, and we did a podcast at ten. I mean, there's plenty of time. It's it's a short movie, so I give it a yes. I say check it out. You know, uh, there's enough good stuff there. I, you rarely say this, but this movie could have probably benefited from more. You know, twenty thirty minutes more, and if you didn't add stuff take out some of the stuff we were talking about like the beach scene if you know just tighten it up just tighten uh, it up tighten it up like the tighten yeah, the, it up a little bit the packing scene i mean like 
didn't need to be 40 seconds like Josh said. So I give it a yes, soft yes. All right. Brett, you might want to tighten up your reviews a little bit next time, your yes or no's, but I'm just kidding. It's been a a while, man. It's been a while. I got a lot to say. I'm just kidding. All right. Last but not least, the harbinger of our podcast, the wise and powerful (laughs) and ancient Josh. I man, I can't in good conscience give this a yes. I think that's deceitful for if this movie to rec- become preserved. preserved. I think there's like some Stanley Kubrick fl- flicks that aren't even preserved on no, spoilers. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> <have to preserve. laughs> I I mean, I'm not a big fan of like the glamour, blurry kind of filter he had all the way through this, and I. I applaud him, like a, a couple of you guys said, like not an easy feat to do this on a shoestring budget and in small town Canada with, I mean, everyone's kind of the same age. Like there's no one super old or super young that's like, I, these are people taking time out of their day to not get paid and do like a passion project. And it looks like they had fun, which is cool. Um, but like you guys said, this, I have a sneaking suspicion it was kept at an hour 10 or whatever so that it could be submitted to feature film length things and it probably could have been stronger at like 25 minutes that's kind of like a show of what this director could do in a future project um like there's just no room to show girls packing for a minute or the dudes like sitting next to a person lit in all red in their living room with no for no reason <laughs> sorry to get hung up on that part but it really struck me as uh, crazy uh, I think that's it Pappy I think we've said about all we need to say about this movie and as usual like if you're around still Roger Boyer thanks for listening and like in no need in no like we're not trying to crap on what you're doing here like it's amazing that you're able to put anything together and we see a lot of movies so we're just kind of comparing it to those and you're up against a lot of masters so no yeah like Ryan yeah, again yes yeah we <laughs> uh, we appreciate Wait, what? Uh, the screener link. triggered <laughs> all right let's wrap this shit up we, we appreciate the screener link uh and yeah as people who are making something creative on our own making a movie a podcast where we talk about movies is a fuck less ambitious than going out and making a movie. So, Roger, we appreciated it. Uh, any future films you do, we'd love to spoil. Uh, if you are making a movie out there and your name's not Roger Boyer and you'd like us to review it, send us a link and we'll do it. Um, but yeah, so then coming up, we, we just did a podcast on Love and Mercy. Coming up, we have The Breakfast Club and we might be doing a podcast on Ready Player One, but if we don't, just edit that out of your brain. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That was spoilers. <laughs>